one thing to believe in the Lord and it's another thing to fear him it's like the difference between knowledge and wisdom believing in the Lord that's the right piece of information wisdom is fearing God and saying I'm going to order my entire life because I know that I give an account for him and he tells me what's right and wrong and I'm going to have a relationship with him and I fear breaking his heart that my friends that wisdom living is really where the action is at Some people aren't notorious for gathering all of the supplies for a project, but never get around to actually doing it. The same can be true of you when it comes to gaining wisdom. Today, Pastor Daniel shares that there is a difference between believing in God and respecting and following His authority for your life, what the Bible calls fearing the Lord. Wisdom grows when what you understand about who God is and what He wants changes the way you live. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Proverbs chapter 1 as he continues his message, Wisdom for Life. Fearing the Lord. It's the controlling principle. It's the most important thing. Now, what does it mean? The fear of the Lord, it has two sides to it. And if you were to read any Um, lexicon of the Hebrew language. The word literally has two sides to it. One, it's the idea of being scared, and the other is the idea of standing in awe, right? So there's literally, like in the word fear in the New Testament is the word phobos, which we get our word phobia from. Literally, it says that you should be scared of God. And know what, brothers and sisters, guess what? We should be scared of God. Why? Because it's a terrible thing to fall in the hands of the living God. We fear God because of God's authority to judge. My mom was, and my older sister is, a teacher, right? And my mom was, and my sister is, a very good teacher. But if you're a teacher, you know that you have something that is called observation, when an administrator or principal comes into your classroom and observes the way that you teach. Now, no matter how good of a teacher you are, when you're under observation, what do you have? Fear. Why? Because that person has the authority to remove you from your position if they don't feel that you're doing a good job. See, authority brings with it fear. I always use the example. If you're driving and a cop pulls in behind you, no matter how good you're driving, you slow down 10 and 2, you're looking in the rearview mirror a lot, right? All of us do it, except for those of you who are in law enforcement, because you got those little cards that get you out of everything. (laughs) For the rest of us, It's 10 and 2, like you're going three miles below the speed limit, right? And that's how it happens. Why? Because you know that that police officer, he can pull you over, he can write you a citation. It's it's just a mess, right? 
And, I, and I'm not a law enforcement officer, but if I was, I would probably enjoy that authority a little bit. I mean, in some ways, it's got to be a lame thing because you just want to get to Starbucks to get an Americano or whatever, but everyone goes so slow in front of you. It's like beeping the horn, like, get out of the way. I need to get some caffeine or something. Don't you ever think about that, those poor police officers? Everybody slows down. How do you like it when people are driving slow in front of you? Yeah, I didn't think so. See, you fear the authority. And Jesus said, don't fear those who can just kill your body, but fear those who can kill your body and cast the soul into hellfire. He's saying, look, fear God. It's the beginning of wisdom. Listen, no matter what your boss thinks, no matter what your spouse thinks, no matter what your peer group thinks, no matter what your friends who are really frenemies think, no matter what the American government law thinks or whatever government thinks, ultimately that judgment is temporary and everybody stands before the judge of all the earth to give an account for their lives. And too many of us live our lives just hoping to make it around the friends, the spouse, the frenemies, the social media world, and not get caught doing anything illegal so you end up in the pokey, rather than saying, I live my life before God, and I fear his authority over my life. Brothers, sisters, do you fear God? Do you realize you're going to give an account for this life, the stewardship of this life? I don't want to freak you out. But we can't truly understand our relationship with God without seeing him as the final authority on all things. So we fear God in his authority, but then on the other side, and this is relationally driven, we should fear breaking God's heart as a child. I tell my kids that all the time, like, don't you ever make your mama cry. Don't you make your mama cry. Because true love fears breaking someone's heart. Do you fear breaking God's heart? Do you see the things that we do that dishonor God as something that breaks the heart of God? Something that was so serious that God sent his own son, Jesus, to take the punishment for when he hung on that cross and shed his perfect blood for the remission of our sins? See, our culture and every culture is not wise because it doesn't fear the Lord. It doesn't say God is the ultimate authority on what my life is and isn't. And when I do things that are dishonoring to God, it breaks his heart. It breaks his heart. We should fear the Lord. It is the controlling principle of knowledge. And notice what he says, because it says, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So there's the knowledgeable who fears God, and then there's the fool who will despise the fear of God. That's why it says in the Bible that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. It's not foolish because, well, you're dumb. It's no, because you're not willing to accept reality as it really is, you are only left to foolishness. See, it's not like when it says the fool said, it's like, oh, they're just giving the unbeliever a hard time. It's like, no, by making a decision that God is not real, you exclude yourself from any opportunity of having true, eternal, universal wisdom. Not because God says, because that's just the reality of it. So we need to fear the Lord. And this is going to come back over and over again. It reminds me of Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 to 14. And now, Israel, what does the Lord require of you 
but to fear the Lord your God and to walk in his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, also the earth with all that is in it. I believe it's one thing to believe in the Lord and it's another thing to fear him. It's like the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Believing in the Lord, that's the right piece of information. Wisdom is fearing God and saying, I'm going to order my entire life because I know that I give an account for him and he tells me what's right and wrong and I'm going to have a relationship with him and I fear breaking his heart. That, my friends, that wisdom living is really where the action is at. Do you fear God today? Do you let the fear of the Lord hem your life in? See, because if we fear the Lord, we'd, we wouldn't gossip and we wouldn't be bitter and we wouldn't harbor unforgiveness and we would not call evil good and good evil and we will not allow ourselves to justify all the things we allow ourselves to justify. And we would say, I just want to grow and learn and God, I've fallen, but you've redeemed me and grace is not just a cover-up, but it's a transformational experience. We need to fear the Lord. Listen to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Notice this. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. See, if you fear the Lord, we're going to depart from you. And he says, it will make you healthy, my friends. That flourishing comes from fearing God and departing from things that dishonor God. Now, at this point, you see that there's two paths to take. And we're going to, ru- we're going to see these two paths are going to run all the time in the book of Proverbs. There's the path of wisdom And there's the path of foolishness. There's wisdom and foolishness. Wisdom and foolishness, right? And as we see what we're going to see today and going forward, it's going to be important for you to be able to say, am I being wise or am I being foolish? Right? Now, first we get a little sneak peek after the fear of the Lord into what makes somebody wise. And notice what it says in verse 8. My son, hear the instruction of your father... And do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. Brothers and sisters, we need to learn from our elders. You need to learn from your elders. Okay? Notice, this book was written as instruction manual for older people to the younger generation. And we see here, my son, hear the instruction of your father... And do not forsake the law of your mother. And if you do, it will be a graceful ornament on your head and all these things. Now listen. In 21st century, well, in American culture, for a long time now, youth is king, right? If you're, everybody pumps the youth, and if you're getting older, they do, they just sell you all this stuff because you have the money to try and make you think that you're feeling younger, but you're really just the age that you are, right? So youth is king. 
And in our culture, in Western culture, unlike other cultures, we don't have a preference for the wisdom of the older generation. Whereas in a lot of other cultures, there's a preferential wisdom where, where there's a submission to your elders. Now, when I say learn from your elders, I do have to acknowledge that for many of us, we've had parents who were not wise, were not godly, were downright ruthless, and they give you terrible advice. Okay? So that plays into it, right? And at the same time, it doesn't say that parents will always give the best advice. And if you're older, it doesn't mean just because you're older, you're definitely wiser. It doesn't mean that. Wisdom comes from the Lord. And if you choose to share God's wisdom, then you are wise. If you're older and you're just older, then you're just older. Right? It's like you've just, you just been around on the earth a little longer than some young whippersnapper. But notice, it's the instruction of your father and the law. You know what the word law is? Torah. It's saying, when your parents give you godly advice, listen to them. That's what it means. When elders give you godly advice, we need to listen to them. Now, I think the key for this is that all of us have elders. And when I think of elders, I don't think of age. I think of Time spent in the kingdom of God. And not just time, a part of it, but time integrated, invested, walking in the spirit. See, we all need older brothers and sisters in the faith to be able to guide us down the road. Now, if you're a parent, listen, you got to ask yourself, do I give godly counsel to my kids? Do I give biblical counsel, not Council of American culture from the 70s to the new millennium. Because for a lot of us, the older generation has become very security-minded, American value-minded, not biblically-minded. Because you've been a part of, the boomer generation has been a part of this incredible prospering of America. And it's impossible not to take on the values of that at some point to the expense of what does it look like to follow Jesus? It's easy over time to say, yeah, I really, I I could never forgive that and be a Christian. But Jesus said, no, forgiveness is the gospel. So if you're older, don't just assume that you're wise. Why? Because humility is the beginning of wisdom, right? But go to the Lord and say, God, I want the words that I speak, the things that I encourage, I want it to be truly godly. I want me to share your heart and your word and not just my opinions about how the world works. And if you're a younger person, listen, make sure you surround yourself with wise people. Find wise people who can speak into your life, people who will Share the hard truth. People who will challenge you on your garbage. I'm so grateful for those folks in my own life. All along my Christian life, God has brought these older men around me who tell me what's up, tell me I'm being dumb, tell me I'm doing good just to keep going. We need to learn from those who are farther down the road. And no matter how old you are, There's always someone who's been down the road a little farther, who's seen the potholes, who's normally most of our wisdom comes from hitting those potholes, right? 
That's where you really learn the stuff. We need to learn from our elders. The entire children of Israel's familial system is actually based on that. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7. The Shema, the classic. Jesus said, this is the greatest commandment. This is the first, the controlling principle. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And with these words I command you, today shall be in your heart. Now, verse 7 of Deuteronomy 6. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in the house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hands and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. See, he says, look, love God and keep these things in your heart and share them with your kids. Wherever you are, if you're in your house, if you're walking, you share my wisdom with your kids and I want you to keep it right in front of your face. Now, you know, Jewish people, Orthodox Jews, they put these little phylacteries on their heads with a little scroll in there. Listen, you can, you can paste a gospel on your head. It does not mean you're going to follow Jesus. Right? Put it on your hand, and they've had these little boxes with a little scroll. Listen, you can carry your Bible around. You may not follow the God of the Bible. It's about saying, I always keep God's ways and words before my eyes, and I always have my hands. My, I'm always dealing with the word of God, and I put it on my home. Now, listen, you can put all the, we love Jesus, and Jesus is the Lord, and you can still spit fire at someone over the telephone or over the internet, and you got all the best Christian signs. It's saying that your family life should be rooted and grounded in the truth of God. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking nice Christian little knickknacks and stuff. They're great. But the key, and like you can tattoo a cross on your arm easier than it is to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus. And sometimes we just want the religious symbol rather than the reality of what it means. What is a home that is founded on the word of God look like? How do they interact with one another? How do they deal with their extended family? How do they treat their neighbors? How do they treat the things that they don't like that happens in the world? How do you individually, does the things that you see, does it line up with God's words? The things that you get your hands dirty in, does it line up with God's word? See, and parents... Jewish parents were told to raise up their children in the way that they should go. Then when they are old, they will not stray. And thousands of years later, that's still going on. And for 2,000 of those years, they were displaced from their homeland. Because parents, elders took this seriously. The greatest need I believe the body of Christ has is for the older generation to pour into the younger generation. The old, listen, I know what the big difference is. When the older generation was younger, they'd ask for the help. The younger generation won't. You have to just go and invite them. Not as a, I'm going to show you how the world works, but to say, come on. I'm going to take you for coffee. I'm going to hear about your life. We'll talk. We'll be, it's different. See, the older generation, you learned how to, you learned skills by being an apprentice. You linked yourself to somebody or you got into a job and they had somebody. The world isn't that way anymore. And the younger generation doesn't want the wisdom because our culture says that youth is king, but needs the wisdom because they, as a, I'm still a younger person. We realize we don't have a clue what's going on. There's not one younger person who thinks they got it all dialed in. We all say, man, we don't know. 
You look at the world today and the way the world works, anybody feel like they really got this thing dialed in? No. But the older generation needs to invite them into life. Not in like, now I'm going to tell you how to be a solid Christian person. They'll run the other way to think you're a cult leader. But that investment. Notice, that's the way of wisdom. The wisdom is to say the white-knuckled lessons that people who've been in the kingdom of God longer, those lessons are essential for me to grow and learn. We need to learn from those who are our elders. Now, finally, verses 10 to 19 is the other side. Look at what it says. The way of foolishness. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread, and in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. See, we learn here that we need to resist evil counsel. We need to resist evil counsel. See, here we have the other side of the coin. The one side is wisdom, and you learn the godliness from those who are older than you. And this other way is when you join up with people whose motivations and purposes are evil. Now, it's interesting that in the book of Proverbs here, nobody would, well, maybe some of you have met people be like, hey, listen, come on. We're going to go kill some people. We're going to rob them, and we're going to pillage them, and we're going to share all the money. Now, if you know people like that, Run. They are not your friends. That's just dumb. And everybody knows it. At the very least, treat others how you'd want to be treated. You don't want to be killed. You don't want to be robbed, pillaged. You don't want all your stuff stolen. So if you don't want that, then don't do that to somebody else. So if you have friends like that, they ain't your friends. They are straight up evil and you're going to ruin your life. Don't do that, please. And if some of you have friends like this right now, listen, you're here right now for me to tell you, you need to find new friends. You need to find new friends. That's just straight up wicked. Jesus is real. When it comes to people, sometimes one bad apple really can spoil the whole bunch. Today, Pastor Daniel cautioned you to be aware of the impact the people around you have in your life. Your friends can either encourage you to make wise decisions that lead to a flourishing life or lead you down a path of evil and destruction. You learn that the fool ignores this warning. The wise person surrounds himself with good, godly counsel. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy and the hard reality is if it isn't messy for you now, it will be and it probably has been in the past. 
Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, you can, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances of your life. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share that wisdom is available to everyone, but not everyone wants it. He'll challenge you to consider whether or not you invite wisdom into your life or if you push God and His wisdom away. Pastor Daniel will explain that when it comes to the choices you make, you reap what you sow. You'll learn that when you reject God's plan for your life, negative consequences follow. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called God's Tweets. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.